time-travelling friends and welcome to this special edition, this extra edition of the Tudor Travel Show. So as you know, sometimes things pop up during the month and they just can't wait to the main show. And this episode captures one of those such events. So if you've been on the Tudor Sphere recently, either around Twitter or Facebook or even Instagram, you might have noticed a very special piece of news bubbling up to the surface. And that was the rediscovery or the reattribution of a picture of an unknown lady as that of Mary Boleyn. Well, I just couldn't resist. I had to find out more about what I was sure would be a fascinating and exciting adventure in time. And I'm delighted to say that in this extra special episode of the Tudor Travel Show, I am going to be talking to Justin Davis, who is the co-founder of the Jordan's Van Dyke Panel Painting Project. This was the project that was responsible for this amazing discovery. So, without further ado, let's go straight over and listen to what Justin has to tell us about this incredible find. So, hello, Justin, and welcome to the Tudor Travel Show. Good morning, Sarah. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yes, and you're joining us all the way from Brussels, I believe, this morning. Indeed, uh, still under lockdown, um, but hopefully easing on Monday. Yes, I hear that the uh, restaurants and the bars are going to open. So that must be an exciting day for the people of Brussels. Uh, Very much so. We've been missing them for the last three months. And in this uh, hot weather, sitting outside a cafe is going to be much needed. Ah, well, so thank you anyway. I hope you enjoy that. But in the meantime, we're going to be talking about something that is rather exciting. So some exciting news hit the Tudor sphere, as I call it, uh, a week or so ago. I first noticed this story on Twitter, and that is the, I don't know whether you call it a reattribution of a, a painting of a lady, an unknown lady, as Mary Boleyn. And of course, this set the Tudor sphere alight with, with chatter. Uh, people love the Boleyns. And the fact that this painting has been re-identified as Mary is very exciting. And I was so, so, so happy to be able to speak to you today and find out the story behind the story. That's where we're going to start. Um, so um, maybe we could dive in, first of all, by you telling us, Justin, a little bit about yourself and, and how you got involved in this project in the first place. I'm a of an international art history project called the Jordans van Dyck Panel Paintings Project, which is based at the Royal Museum of Fine Arts in Brussels. And we're going around the world examining the oil paintings on oak panel of Sir Anthony van Dyck, who is Charles I's court painter, and his Flemish compatriot, Jacques Jordans, who is better known for painting roistering banqueting scenes in 17th century Antwerp. And they both worked as young men for the great uh, Peter Paul Rubens. And they painted on oak panel uh, because the color held well. It was an expensive support to paint on compared to canvas. And what we can do, and this is a sort of new multidisciplinary approach to art history, 
is that we can examine the wood and date the wood and determine its origin. And that obviously allows us to find patterns amongst the paintings that Van Dyck and Jordaens were doing. And in some cases, to be able to say, well, that is by Van Dyck, uh, not only because its style is Van Dyck, but the wood also dates from prior to his death in 1641. Right. Whereas if right. there is a painting which it's thought maybe is not by Van Dyck, you can confirm it if the tree was cut down, for example, after his death in 1641. That makes a lot of sense. So you got involved with this particular project. Can you tell us about that? Where does the story start? The story on, on this discovery starts with a set of beauties um, that are in the Royal Collection uh, in the United Kingdom. And of these, there are now 13 beauties hanging in one place. And of those 13, which are after Sir Peter Lely, who was also a court painter to Charles II, and Van Dyck, and a miniaturist called Samuel Cooper, one of them, uh, we were interested in them because we wanted to know, were these copies after Van Dyck done during his lifetime, or were they done after his death? And we know that sets of beauties were extremely popular in the 17th century, specifically in, in the latter half of the 17th century. So we asked the Royal Collection, could we go and examine these 13? I see. And they were all ladies in 17th century dress. Mm. We did know that there was a 14th, which had originally hung with the 13th, but that was a lady in Tudor dress. And because she was a lady in Tudor dress, she had been split away from the group. And so the 14 had hung in Queen Anne's bathing room in Windsor Castle. And in the 19th century, they were moved to Queen Victoria's drawing room at Windsor Castle. But because the 14th, the lady in Tudor dress, didn't seem to fit, she was split away from the group and she was sent to Hampton Court. And eventually in 1995, she was sent up to Edinburgh to the Palace of Holyrood House, where she now hangs in Queen Mary of Scots' bedroom. So we approached the Royal Collection and said, could we examine the 13? Because we'd like to know whether they were painted before or after Van Dyke died. So that's how it started. I see, gosh. And when you set out um, on your mission, um, were you thinking that you would be trying to identify the real identity of some of the uh, of this unknown painting or was did that become incidental to the main project that that became incidental our, our main mission was to date the wood of the 13 and of the 13 12 of them were identified and one of them was unidentified one lady in 17th century dress was unidentified and then there was this unidentified Tudor lady who was up in Edinburgh. And at that stage, because we're focusing on the 17th century, we weren't particularly, sounds terrible to say now, but we weren't particularly interested in, in going to see that painting until our research developed. Okay, so maybe you could tell us how that story unfolded then. And how did it take you all the way up to Edinburgh to look at this other painting? Well, in January 2019, we went to see the 13th, and we spent a day, and we were able to examine them. 
uh, we examine half of them uh, and to do the dendrochronology. And dendrochronology is looking at the edges of the panel and photographing, doing macro photographs of the tree rings, the annual growth rings of the tree on the edge of the painting. And by analyzing those, we're able to find out the date that the tree started growing and the date after which it was cut down. We were able at that stage to do six and we arranged to go back uh, later in the year, uh, in August, to do the remaining seven. Mm. In the meantime, between doing the examination, our dendrochronologist, Dr. Andrea Zeim, at the University of Freiburg in southern Germany, started analyzing the results. And she contacted me and said, these are absolutely fascinating results because some of these pieces of wood which are quite small, about 39 centimeters by 31 centimeters. Mm. Some of these pieces of wood are cut from the same tree. Right. And therefore, there are basically groups emerging within this set of 13. And therefore, we really need to go and do the remainder of them in August. And at that stage, I said, well, well in that case, we better go and see the 14th. And we didn't know at that stage where it was. So we contacted Desmond Shaw Taylor at the Royal Collection and said, would there be any chance of doing the 14th? Because for the sake of research, it would make it more complete. And he said, yes, and they came back to us and they said, and she, it was called at that stage, identified within the Royal Collection as portrait of a woman. She had once been identified as Anne Boleyn after Holbein, and then that got dropped. Well, when was... Can you, when, when was that identification made, the original one, as, the, as Anne Boleyn, do you know? Um, that was in the early 19th century. It was Anne Boleyn after Holbein. And it, by 1861, by the inventory of 1861, it had become portrait of a lady of the court of Henry VIII. And then eventually just a portrait of a woman. And Sir Oliver Miller, who had been the surveyor of the Queen's pictures, who wrote the catalogue on the Tudor, Stuart and early Georgian pictures in the Royal Collection, knew that there were paintings at Warwick Castle and at Longford Castle, which had been attributed that the traditional attribution of the identification was Mary Boleyn. But there was no proof that it was Mary Boleyn and no link that it might be. So it was a not dubious, but it was an unconfirmed identification. So it was never used. And we were told that the portrait of a woman was up in Edinburgh. So when we went over to do the rest of the 13, we went up to Edinburgh and we did the 14. And can I just pause for a moment and say those other two paintings, are they essentially the same picture or are they different? Do they actually look different? The pictures of Mary Boleyn, the ones at Warwick, and did you say Longford Castle? Longford Castle, yeah. Are They're they... essentially the same. Okay. Right. So you went up to you went up to Edinburgh, and you got to see the portrait. Obviously, do your dendrochronology. What were your What were your initial impressions when you saw it? It was a very beautiful piece. Uh, it was It was obviously very well painted. It had a certain amount of presence with it, and it just looked like a really very interesting painting. But when we saw it, we were all saying to each other, well, why does this, how does this, could this fit with the other 13? Why would you have 13 in 17th century dress? And then you've got this one 
in Tudor dress. It, it, it doesn't make any sense, and, and it, it looks strange. At the same time, having seen the 13 hanging in where they, they are hanging now, uh, which is in Highgrove House, uh, the residence of the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall, we saw them hanging, and we also said to each other, 13 is a very odd number to have in a set. And we've never seen a set of 13 before, with all the connotations of, of the number 13. Interesting. So we said, well, maybe this was indeed a set of 14, but how could it be? Mm-hmm. And so Andrea went away and, and did the uh, dendrochronological analysis um, down in the University of Freiburg. And she messaged us up in Brussels and said, uh, you're not going to believe this. But all of the panels, one way or another, fit with another panel in the, in the set. And first of all, there are six of them which are cut from the same oak tree which grew in southwest Germany from 1393 and was cut down between 1651 and 1671. And six, by the way, is a world record. And six paintings which have been painted on panels cut from the same tree has never been known before. So that was quite exciting. And also from what we was, I was saying earlier, that we were looking for whether it was the paintings were done before or after Van Dyke died. She said, I can definitely date this wood that it was cut, that the tree, which had started growing in the Middle Ages, was cut down between 1651 and 1671. So that immediately told us that these were painted after Van Dyck's death. Therefore, they are copies of paintings that he did, but not painted in his lifetime, therefore not associated with him in any way. And she said, of the remaining eight of the 14, they are pairs. And she said, most interestingly, the unidentified lady in the 17th century dress was made from the same tree as the Tudor lady. (laughs) Therefore, they were painted together, probably at the same time, as a pair. And she said, the tree, uh, which started growing in 1393, comes from the Baltic region, some probably Poland. And I can tell you that it was cut down after 1629. So there was the link we were looking for. Can I just ask you, why, would, why did the trees come from the Baltic region um, if you were going to paint a Tudor lady at the English court? How did that work? Because the, the, the Baltic oak is slow-grown oak, and therefore it's more stable uh, and it doesn't warp. And it's the best to use uh, to paint, if you're painting on wood, is to use slow-grown oak. And the painters, and we'll come to who painted uh, this particular set, Remigius van Lienburg, was a Flemish painter who originated in Antwerp. And the wood, the, the major trade in wood for painting, went from the Baltic to Antwerp uh, via Dunkirk. Oh, uh, and so the Antwerp painters were very used to, to painting on oak panel. Oh, um, and so we had found our link. That, that, that somehow this unidentified woman in 17th century dress was linked to the Tudor dress. And that's when we had to start looking into the identification of who these two might be and why they might be together. Well, tell me more, because obviously that is an adventure in its own right. <laughs> it was, and, and it, it, took, uh, it took many hours of, of going through boxes of images, of black and white images, uh, both at the the Courtauld um, Library, uh, the WIT, 
uh, on the Strand, and also at the National Portrait Gallery, Heinz Library and Archive. And the first identification that we found was of the 17th century lady, where in a private collection, uh, it was recorded, and there was a photograph of a painting uh, with the inscription, Lady Herbert, which didn't exactly uh, tell us that much. Mm-hmm. And then I went to look at the possibilities that this might well have been Anne or Mary Boleyn, given that, uh, you know, by sort of 2020, most people were saying certainly wasn't Anne Boleyn, but it may possibly have been Mary Boleyn. And I couldn't find, out of all the paintings known, I couldn't find anything that appeared to prove that it could be Mary Boleyn. And there are several versions of this portrait that are known. And I went through the Tudor boxes at the Heinz Portrait Gallery and Library. And then Mm. when I went through the box of a painter called Theodore Roussel, who was a 17th century painter, who was the nephew of a portraitist who did work for the court called Cornelius Johnson, And he did copies after Van Dyck as well. And I went through the box of his images. And there, in the box of his 17th century images, which you wouldn't expect to find a Tudor portrait in a 17th century box, was this picture of Mary Boleyn with an an inscription. And it's all it said was that it was in a private collection. And the inscription read, Mary, sister of Anne of Bologna, married a Carey, Lord Hunsdon, grandfather of Philadelphia, Mother of Philip, now Lord Wharton. Wow. And when, so, when was that inscription written? Was it at the time? Was it a 17th century inscription? Or that's, what we, that's what we needed to find out. We needed to find out two things. What was this inscription? And could this con- inscription be possibly contemporary to the 17th century? And what's the link between Lady Herbert and Mary of Berlin? Mary, Mary sorry, Mary Berlin. And so we did some more research and we found that these inscriptions were put on the paintings in the collection of Philip Lord Wharton, who was born in 1613 and he died in 1691. And he had a big collection of portraits with originals by Van Dyck included. And he had all of his portraits inscribed in this very particular way. And so it was a 17th century middle of the 17th century inscription that identified this as Mary Boleyn. And most importantly, and this is where really the the identification started becoming firmer, Mm. Mary Boleyn was Philip Lord Wharton's great-grandmother. So this was a family portrait that he had. And then we found the link with Lady Herbert. Lady Herbert, who was born Margaret Smith, She married Thomas Carey, and Thomas Carey was Mary Boleyn's grandson. Right, yeah. She later, when he died in 1634, she married a a Sir Thomas Herbert, and she became Lady Herbert. So Mary Boleyn was uh, an antecedent of Lord Wharton, and also a descendant of hers was Lady Herbert. So there's the link between the two panels. They're both connected to the Carey family, and the fact that this was in a family collection, he was a very important collector in the 17th century, identified as his great-great-grandmother. I just find that wonderful. 
people that, you know, he's there collecting pictures of his famous family, the Berlin family that, you know, really shaped the course of English history. He'd want to have that picture in his collection. Of course he would. How wonderful. He did. And, and, with, and with many other mem- members of his family. Yeah. So that, all those links put together means that the balance of probability is that this is indeed a, a painting of Mary Berlin. Mm-hmm. One can never be 100% sure in, in art history because we're unable to stand at the shoulder of the painter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when if, he's doing it. If you had to put a percentage probability, therefore, on this, what, what percentage would you put, allocate it? I think I'd be quite bold and I'd probably say 98%. Okay, sure. so that's pretty sure. Because I think there's a copy, isn't there, of this picture? Just a copy in Hever Castle. It's, there's, there's Anne on one side, and then there's a very similar-looking portrait of, and it's always Mary um, Mary Boleyn. And I've often stood in that inner hallway at Hever and looked at that and thought, is this really you? So um, that's the only time I've ever had chance to look at even an image of it, even if it is, I think, just a copy uh, of a copy of a copy. Um, and so it's just wonderful to know that next time I go and look at that portrait, we'll be able to go, yeah, that's actually is what she looks like. It's incredible. That's, that's right. That's right. There, and there, there is one at Hever and, and at Warwick Castle. It's also a pair with Anne Boleyn. And of course, to historians and art historians, the question would have been, well, why would there have been these paintings of sisters who kept? Because obviously, at some stage, both of them fell out of favour. Yes. But obviously, the Carey family, at some stage, had copies made of what may possibly be uh, paintings after lost paintings by Holbein. Mm. So the Carey family had, had, had these done. But it also then, and I am in the realms of total speculation now, but being an Anne Boleyn fan, you would expect me to go down this route. If this is, if this is Mary Boleyn, it, it does make me wonder if the other picture is, is potentially, um, is Anne Boleyn, because again, I think at Hever is the only place I, I've seen that particular version where it says, you know, thought to be or could be Anne Boleyn. So it does make me, if, if they were, it would make sense that the two would be done together, wouldn't it, as a family portrait? That's a possibility, without a doubt. <laughs> can you not find that out, please, Justin? <laughs> well, I mean, if, if, you can, if you can find a panel version of Anne Boleyn, we, we'd be delighted to, to examine it and see if the wood matches. Oh, there you go. That would be a story. But um, we talked a little bit there about who, who painted this. Um, you've, you've, you've said why it came about. Somebody who obviously wanted to collect some pictures of, of, of people from his own family. So... Anything more about the artist um, and who might have actually painted this originally? Well, we think that the, the 17th century copy is done by a Flemish painter called uh, Remigius van Leemput. And Remigius van Leemput uh, was born in Antwerp. And he was the nephew of Van Dyck's great friend, George Geldor, uh, who lived in London. He lived in Blackfriars, close to Van Dyck. And Remigius van Leemput did a lot of copies of Van Dyck's because they were so popular and there was a massive demand for them. Charles I ordered Remigius van Leemput to do copies of original Van Dyck's. And this became a trend in in the mid 17th century beyond to have these sets. And Leemput did many of them. And we think now that this set uh, of 14 is by Remigius van Leemput. Right, I see, I see. 
I suppose maybe we've already touched on this, but I suppose my my final question is about you know what does the painting itself tell us anything more about Mary Boleyn or even the Boleyn family? Can we glean anything at all from that? Well, I think she was very beautiful. I think you you can tell that you can tell that from the painting. It's it's very striking, and when you see it, uh, it's at the moment up in Edinburgh, but. It, I was uh, was told that it may be that the set will be reunited uh, at one day. I mean, she was obviously very beautiful. Well, I mean, what I think it shows, as I mentioned earlier, is that Mary Boleyn was well known, obviously, within a, a, a context to certain people, or we wouldn't have uh, two or more copies um, and this panel um, in this set. So there's more research to be done there, but I'll, I'll leave that to a, to a Tudor expert to do rather than an expert on Van Dyke. Well, the Berlin sisters have told us something, managed to speak to us across the ages through this one picture. So it's really wonderful. Thank you so much for all that perseverance. I can only say that having done a little bit of research for my books in the past and knowing the excitement that comes when after lots and lots and lots of searching, you finally make that connection and that little gem appears, it must have been wonderful to be sitting looking through those boxes and see that picture of Mary Boleyn appear. That must have been like Christmas had arrived. Oh, that was a wonderful moment where it went, oh, wonderful. Oh, I <laughs> and then when all the pieces uh, fall together, I mean, that's uh, superb. You think, right, oh, got it. It's just... It all fits. Well, uh, so much for your persistence and perseverance and bringing this to light. Now we can really enjoy that picture and know that we are looking at the face of Mary Boleyn. Well, thank you very much indeed. You're most welcome. Wow, that was amazing, wasn't it? What an adventure and it's such a privilege to be involved in in that kind of discovery, as I know from my all too brief adventures with the Anne of Cleves heraldic panels. So I just wanted to say a huge thank you to Justin and everybody at the Van Dyke Panel Painting Project for all their persistence and hard work and bringing this new revelation to us here in the Tudor Sphere. Okay, well, that's all for this Tudor Travel Show Extra. And of course, I will be back as usual later on in the month for our main Tudor Travel Show episode, where the focus of our attention will this time be falling on a certain Thomas Cromwell. Okay, so until then, I hope you have a lovely couple of weeks and I'll see you again at the end of June. Until then, my friends, happy time travelling.